1: You're right. I really do run my mouth a lot for a girl that's 5'2 and (laughs) can't reach the top shelf in my own kitchen cupboards.
0: (laughs) You really are aggressive. Like, you have no right to be.
1: Yes and no. For how tiny you are. (laughs) (laughs) I am small. (laughs) I am small, it is true. Um, But that also means I'm closer to the ground, like the earth's crust, which means I'm closer to the... (laughs) (laughs) The flames of hell that fuel me. (laughs) Oh, God. But you still can't deny that I absolutely would win.
0: It's true. Welcome to part two, hauntings, homicide, and hearsay. John Wayne Gacy. Let's just roll the intro.
1: Afro circus, afro circus, polka dot, polka dot, polka dot, afro. Ooh, I made myself dizzy. <laughs> I threw my whole pussy, my afro pussy into it. Ew. I just pictured like a tiny Bob Ross wig on a fupa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like sticking up and everything. Did you know Bob Ross hated that hairstyle, but then it had become like iconic and everyone like, loved it and associated it with him so he kept it
0: I did not know that you know
1: soft spoken wonderful there are no accidents only or are there are no mistakes only happy accidents was a drill
0: sergeant yeah I knew that but I can't picture it I um,
1: can't either yeah. especially when he brought oh my god I love the episodes when he would bring in the baby squirrels that he'd saved and they would just like sit in his pocket or sit on his shoulder like that's a gentle he is the snow white of men he just has woodland creatures that love him. It's beautiful. Sorry, it's John Wayne Gacy, so I needed to brighten it up with some Bob. We go the other end of the spectrum, and Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers, like <laughs> do something good.
0: Welcome back to Hauntings, Homicide, and Hearsay, part two of John Wayne Gacy. So we're on page five of 19 of my notes. We have a lot of story to go through. So, uh, kind of picking up where we left off, the last thing we talked about was when Gacy told one of his employees with PDM contractors, quote, do you know how easy it would be to get one of my guns and kill you, and how easy it would be to get rid of the body?
1: Listen, he just finished high school.
0: Yeah, right? I
1: seriously... (laughs) I'm not saying if you don't have a diploma or you go back to high school or get a GED, you're worthless. What I'm saying is I have no faith in John Wayne Gacy's ability to-
0: No. And you shouldn't, rightfully so.
1: I know. Yeah. I don't. So- Rightfully so, I know.
0: Now we're jumping ahead to 1973. Uh, Gacy and a teenage employee traveled to Florida to view a property Gacy had purchased. Shocker. It was a teenager. On the first night in Florida, Gacy raped the employee in their hotel room. After returning to Chicago, this employee drove to Gacy's house and beat him in his yard.
1: I need you to understand that actually sent chills down my yeah. spine.
0: Gacy told his wife he had been attacked for refusing to pay him for f- for poor quality painting work.
1: How much is she gonna put up with?
0: Because remember, they're at this point they are still married. Yeah, I know. So, well, about three more years worth. In May of nineteen, I hope she hears me
1: say she's stupid.
0: Yeah. In May of 1975, Gacy hired 15-year-old Anthony Antonucci. Two months later, he went to Antonucci's home, knowing the youth had injured his foot in an accident the previous day.
1: I love his name,
0: Antonucci. All of it, Anthony Antonucci.
1: Like yeah. that's 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 a suave ass yeah. name. His parents were on there like shit for that. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, the two drank a bottle of wine, then watched a heterosexual stag film. Before Gacy wrestled Antonucci to the floor and cuffed his hand hands behind his back one cuff was loose and Antonucci freed his arm while Gacy was out of the room when Gacy returned
1: he did what now
0: when Gacy returned (laughs) Antonucci a high school wrestler pounced upon him he wrestled Gacy to the floor obtained possession of the handcuff key and cuffed Gacy's hands behind his back at first Gacy threatened Antonucci then calmed down and promised to leave if he would remove the handcuffs Antonucci agreed, and Gacy left. What? Yep.
1: No. Yep.
0: Antonucci later recalled that Gacy told him, quote, not only are you the only one who got out of the cuffs, you got them on me.
1: Oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm.
0: That cuffs become important.
1: No, yeah. That's fucked up, though. Like, immediately, I would have been like, I have
0: regrets. Speaking of being, just a little sidebar here, speaking of being- Oh, you like, want to try that? Cuffed down.
1: I'm kidding. What?
0: I found a picture on Google Images of Dean Corll's um, torture board. Was
1: that the one you posted? Yeah. Did you yeah, see Yeah, I did.
0: Okay. Uh, on July 26th, 1976, Gacy picked up 18-year-old David Cram as he hitchhiked on Elston Avenue.
1: Oh, I'm a fucked up person. His last name is Cram. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: Do you know the difference between jelly and jam?
1: I can't jelly my dick in your ass.
0: Exactly. Uh, Gacy offered him a job <laughs> with PDM, and he began work the same evening. Um, can I, can I, ret-
1: can I volley that really quick? Sure. <laughs> I used this one on Sydney the other day. She fell for it. Do you know the difference between an oral and a rectal thermometer? The taste. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> she did not see that one coming, and I. She's like, she goes, that is. Foul! That is disgusting. (laughs) Baby, you've known me for too long. You should have seen that one coming a mile away.
0: So on August 21st, Cram moved into his house. The next day, Cram and Gacy had several drinks to celebrate his 19th birthday with, with Gacy dressed as Pogo, his clown persona. Jesus, fuck
1: me, Christ, okay.
0: Gacy conned Cram into donning the handcuffs, his wrists cuffed in front of his body rather than behind, He swung Cram around while holding the chain linking the cuffs. Why
1: did I exactly know that that's how he was going to be doing Mm -hmm. it? Okay.
0: Then said he intended to rape him. Cram kicked Gacy in the face and freed himself from the handcuffs. Bet. A month later, Gacy appeared at Cram's bedroom door intending to rape him, saying, Dave, you really don't know who I am. Maybe it would be good if you give me what I want.
1: Wait, 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 wait. He still continued to live there? Fuck this shit, I'm out. Like, literally, I, no. Mm -hmm. Well. I would rather sleep on a park bench.
0: Yeah. Uh, Cram resisted and Gacy left the bedroom stating, quote, you ain't no fun, end quote.
1: What a stupid ass throwaway line.
0: Cram moved out on October 5th and left PDM, although he did periodically work for Gacy over the following two years. Shortly after Cram moved out of Gacy's house, another employee, 18-year-old Michael Rossi, moved in. Rossi had worked for PDM since May of 1976. He lived with Gacy until April 1977. Rossi sometimes assisted Gacy in clowning at grand openings of businesses. Gacy has Pogo and Rossi has Patches.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So those were just the crimes.
1: Oh, I'm, yeah.
0: Now we're getting into the murders. We haven't even gotten into that whole can of worms yet.
1: <laughs> whole? Yeah. I don't mean that as a butthole joke. I mean, well, we'll get there.
0: Yeah. So, a little TLDR here. So, between 1972 and 1978, Gacy had murdered 33 young men and boys and buried 26 of them in the crawl space of his home. Yep. His victims included people he knew and other random individuals that he would poach from the Greyhound bus station in Chicago.
1: I don't like that you said
0: poach. Yeah. Some were lured with promises of a job with PDM and offer of. Uh, drinks and drugs or money in exchange for sex. Some individuals were grabbed by force while others were given the impression that he was a police officer as he would often dress up and wear a sheriff's badge.
1: Hey, do you want to know a fun thing?
0: I'm still doing that.
1: Yeah. He's still doing that. <laughs> you don't have a lot of tricks, okay? He's not that smart. Um, the term getting shanghaied, fun fact, comes from getting people drunk in bars. This is a pirating term. Shanghai is where it originated from. And they would get them drunk and they would literally, like, it was uh, forced service. So they'd get them drunk, take them, like, blackout drunk, take them back to the ship, and now you're, now you're stuck.
0: Now you're fucking stuck. Typically, he would lure lone victims to his home, but sometimes he would have what he called doubles and kill two people in one night.
1: This isn't drinks at the bar, John
0: Gacy's typical course of action would be to get the boys to loosen up with drinks or drugs and overall just gain their trust. He would then pull out a pair of handcuffs to, quote, show them a magic trick, end quote, which sometimes would be part of a clowning routine. Generally speaking, he would handcuff himself, then magically free himself from the cuffs, though he was just hiding the key between his fingers. No shit, Sherlock. Mm -hmm. He would then offer to show the intended victim how to release themselves from the handcuffs. With the victim being unable to free themselves, Gacy would then tell them, quote, the trick is you have to have the key, end quote. He would refer to this appropriately as the handcuff trick. Then he would proceed to rape and torture the captive. Yeah.
1: Okay, not to diminish their experience. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, the handcuff trick. Oh, how original. (laughs) How creative.
0: Once he got the victim on the ground, he would sit on the person's chest and force them to fillet him. He would that means him. give head. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> he would torture his victims by burning cigars on their skin, make them imitate a horse while he sat on their back with makeshift reins, and would violate them with objects such as dildos and even prescription bottles.
1: Okay, that's fucked up. But you said the horse thing. All I could think of was secret tire of a call girl where the guy's like...
0: Oh, the uh, dirty you're, you?
1: You're a you, you, you. Is <laughs> a sheep. You dirty you. Like, it's all I could think of. But.
0: Yeah. Uh, Several of his victims were forced to crawl to the bathroom where he would drown them, revive them, and then continue torturing them. Reportedly, some of the victims would beg for him to kill them only to be told, quote, you'll die when I want you to, end quote.
1: Do you want to know what this gives me the vibes of? Hmm. And I'm. Don't sue me. Don't you dare fucking sue me for this not you i'm not making an accusation but it definitely gives me mckamey manor vibes
0: oh yeah a little bit
1: i'm just saying i've seen some of that footage
0: more often than not his final trick would be to tie a rope around the victim's neck and slowly tighten it using the handle of a hammer while informing the victim that it was the final trick occasionally
1: the trick is your neck snaps
0: yeah Occasionally, the victim would convulse for up to two hours before finally dying. It's However, called the hangman's dance. Many of his victims were found with cloth gags stuffed deep into their throats, causing them to asphyxiate, and there's a reason he did that.
1: Oh, my we yeah. We'll talk
0: about later. After the victims died, Gacy would store their bodies under his bed for up to 24 hours before burying them in the crawl space of his home. He would periodically pour quicklime on the bodies to speed up the decomposition process, and some of the bodies were embalmed in his garage before being buried. We're going to get into specifics. Timothy McCoy. Timothy McCoy was Gacy's first known murder, which occurred on January 3, 1972. According to Gacy's account later on, on the evening of January 2nd, he decided to drive to the Civic Center to check out a display of ice sculptures. He then lured 16-year-old Timothy McCoy to his car from the Greyhound bus station, who was traveling back to Omaha, Nebraska from Christmas celebrations at a family's home in Michigan. Gacy took McCoy on a sightseeing tour around Chicago, then drove him back to his home where he offered to let him stay for the night with the promise to get him back to the bus station in the morning so he could catch a bus back home. According to Gacy's claims, he awoke the next morning to find McCoy standing in the open doorway of his bedroom with a knife in hand. When Gacy jumped up from the bed to attack McCoy, the boy put his arms up in a show of surrender, at which time the knife sliced Gacy's forearm. The two began to fight, with Gacy slamming McCoy's head against the wall, and McCoy striking a blow to Gacy's stomach.
1: That's very, um, Kobe McGuire Spider-Man. The forearm thing. Yeah.
0: Gacy then grabbed McCoy and shouted at the boy, quote, motherfucker, I'll kill you. End quote.
1: Shit, I say that all the time to like the coffee pot, yeah. the dishwasher. It's <laughs> <To> me. <laughs> Trips over a rock. Motherfucker, I'll kill you.
0: <laughs> it's a rock. He then wrestled McCoy to the ground and stabbed him repeatedly in the chest. As McCoy bled out on the floor, Gacy claimed to have walked to the kitchen to clean the blood off, off the knife where he found an opened carton of eggs and a slab of unsliced bacon on the kitchen counter and also found the table to be set for two.
1: Did Piggy get hungry?
0: McCoy meant no harm and had, without thinking, walked into the room with a knife in hand. Gacy's account made it seem like a total misunderstanding. So basically,
1: this motherfucker said, Let me make you breakfast. Thank you said, for being so nice. Yes, he
0: said, Let me make you breakfast. Walked in to wake him up and got killed. Yes. He buried his body in the crawl space, then at a later time, covered the makeshift grave in concrete. When retelling the story years later, he stated that he had experienced a, quote, mind-numbing orgasm, end quote, as he listened to the boy gurgle as he tried to breathe while choking on his own blood. He also said, quote, that's when I realized that death was the ultimate thrill, end
1: quote. I've, I've, okay, they weren't stabbed 27 times in the chest, but I've literally watched two people die and I've not had that yeah. thrill.
0: No. Uh. Second murder. Uh, this one's actually shorter because there's not too much on it. Gacy said the second time he committed murder was sometime around January of 1974 and the victim still remains unidentified. What? Yep. The victim was strangled, then stored in Gacy's closet prior to burial. In a later interview, Gacy said that bodily fluids leaked from the victim's nose and mouth which stained his carpet. As a result, after this, Gacy would stuff rags, the victim's own underwear, or a sock to prevent this from happening again. So, stuff them in their throat. Yeah,
1: I know. Yep. I got you there. I can't, in your closet, and then you get up for work the next day, and there's just Henry. I'm going to give him a name, Henry, just staring at you <laughs> like that fucks me up. Yeah. That actually like, makes me sick. That out a little bit. Yeah, that bogues me out. <laughs> Dead bodies don't bother me. No. That fucking bogues yeah. me out.
0: So, now we're going to talk about John Butkovich.
1: Oh, no. His parents were not cool like Anthony's.
0: Butkovich, an 18-year-old employee of PDM, who I'm just going to call John from now on. Thank you. Yep. Went missing on July 31st, 1975. His car was found parked with his jacket and wallet still inside and his keys still in the ignition.
1: Can I interest you in taking off your pants and jacking? Never mind, that didn't
0: and work. jacking. <laughs>
1: I was going for take off your pants and jacket, but I fucked it up. I'm sorry. That's
0: okay. We'll move on now. Okay. Uh, The day before he disappeared, he had confronted Gacy over a pay dispute as the young man had not been paid in two weeks. When interviewed about the boy's disappearance, he claimed that Butkovich, John. I thought you were going to say John. I know. John and two friends had arrived at Gacy's house demanding the overdue pay, but that they had reached a compromise and all three left. Over the three years that followed, John's parents had called police over 100 times, urging them to investigate Gacy further. Gacy would later admit that he encountered John exiting his car and waving to attract attention. John then approached his car and stated he wanted to talk to Gacy. He then invited the young man into his car and subsequently invited him back to his home to settle the issue about the wages.
1: You Never let him take you to a second location.
0: Later at Gacy's home, he offered the boy a drink, then conned him into cuffing his wrists behind his back, Gacy would later confess to having, quote, sat on the kid's chest for a while, end quote, before he strangled him. He stashed John's body in the garage with the intent to bury the body later in the crawl space. Now, we're going to get into Robert Piest, one of his victims, and this is the big, you're going to make a joke, the big piece of this whole puzzle. But it's long.
1: I mean, it's the biggest piece of this puzzle. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I expected you to say. Thank you. On December 11th, 1978, Gacy visited the, uh, I'm not sure how to say this, Nissan Pharmacy. That's how I'm going to say it. How's it spelled? N-I-S-S-O-N. Okay. I'll maybe, allow it. Maybe Nissan. I don't know. But either way, that pharmacy was in De Plains, Illinois, to discuss a potential remodeling deal with the store owner. While he was in earshot of a 15-year-old employee, Robert Peast. Gacy mentioned in passing that his firm often hired teenage boys as a, at a starting wage of five dollars per house. I think I'm supposed to say, I think that was supposed to say per hour. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I give you five whole dollars if you build this house. Yeah, I don't uh, know why I'm Christopher Walken.
0: Five dollars per hour, which was almost double what peace earned working in the pharmacy.
1: Wow, five whole dollars. This is in the seventies. Yeah, I guess that's shortly
0: true. after Gacy left the pharmacy. Peace's mom arrived to drive him home when he asked her to wait because, quote, some contractor wants to talk to me about a job, end quote. Robert was murdered shortly after 10 p.m. And in typical Gacy fashion, the murder occurred right at his home. Gacy would later confirm in an interview that at his home, he asked the young man if there was anything he wouldn't do for the right price. Robert replied that he didn't mind working hard
1: (laughs) or hardly working. Yeah, sorry.
0: Again, in typical fashion, he handcuffed the boy and told him, I'm going to rape you, and there is nothing you can do about it. All right, so now we have a missing person. When Robert never returned home, his family filed a missing persons report with the Duplain Police Department. The owner of the pharmacy that the boy worked at named Gacy as a person of interest through interviews with police and told them the boy had left the store to talk with him about a job. One police officer, Joseph Kozensak was the one that chose to investigate Gacy further. Oh, no. Once looking into his criminal record further, it was uncovered that he had an outstanding battery charge against him in Chicago and that he had served a prison sentence in Iowa for sodomy of a 15-year-old boy. Kozenzak, along with two other officers, visited Gacy at his home the following night. Gacy did tell police that he did see two young boys working at the pharmacy and that he had asked one of them, who he believed to be Robert, if there were any remodeling supplies behind the store his story which he stuck to was that he never offered robert a job and had only returned to the pharmacy shortly after 8 p.m. as he had left his appointment book there
1: hold on what do you mean remodeling supplies behind the pharmacy
0: I, old, like like used supplies or that's what i that's how i interpreted it
1: like i just pictured like oh look i've got this <laughs> whole ass thing of trim back here. Do you need it? Like, okay, I just needed to clarify because I'm picturing like just trim some two by fours out back. They're warped to hell, like splintered. One of them's got like raccoon shit
0: stained on it. It's fine. (laughs) So Gacy agreed to come to the station to make an on the record statement, but that he was unable to do so immediately as his uncle had just passed away. When he was pressed on when he could come to the station, he got angry with the police and said, quote, you guys are very rude. Don't you have any respect for the dead?
1: Boy, I would have slapped you right in that mouth.
0: It wasn't until shortly after 3 a.m. that Gacy arrived at the police station. When he arrived, he was covered in mud and claimed he had been in a car accident. On his return to the police station later that day, Gacy further denied any involvement in Robert's disappearance and repeated that he had not offered him a job. When pressed further on why he returned to the store, he continued to claim that it was because the store owner had called him to let him know he left his appointment book there, but detectives had already spoken with him who denied ever calling Gacy. Fair enough. So now, we have a search warrant. On December 13th, two days after the boy was last seen, police obtained a warrant to search Gacy's house, believing the boy was being held against his will in the home. The search did reveal several items that police found to be suspicious, including... Police badges, a six millimeter pistol, a syringe and hypodermic needle, handcuffs, several books on homosexuality with titles such as quote, "The Great White Swallow," "What the Fuck," and "Pretty Boys Must Die."
1: That sounds like a. I'm sorry, that sounds like a murder mystery.
0: Yeah, it does. That
1: sounds like a like LGBT like murder mystery yeah. that I would read the shit out of. Right? Like that sounds good. But it's not so. If anybody wants to write that,
0: I'll I'll read it. They also found seven porno films, capsules of amyl nitrate, which is used in prescription medication as a vasodilator, mm-hmm. but when inhaled, it has an intoxicating psychoactive effect, along with an eighteen-inch dildo. Oh, hold on,
1: my hands are so small. I can't count that many inches on my hand.
0: <laughs> you gotta get the feet out. I gotta get but- the feet out. <laughs>
1: No, no, I'm I'm not counting on my fingers. I'm trying to. This is three inches. Oh, <laughs> I I stupid motherfucker! I know Wait. what the number eighteen. <laughs> is.
0: Eleven, 12, 13.
1: <laughs> I know what the number eighteen is. You shithead! I'm trying to visualize eighteen inches.
0: So along with that, police also found a two by four with two holes drilled into each end. Wait, that doesn't work. Bottles of Valium and atropine, and several driver's licenses found in a bedroom. But wait, that's not all.
1: Thank you, Billy Mays.
0: <laughs> Police also discovered a class of 1975 Main West High School ring with the initials JAS engraved on it and a Nissan Pharmacy photo receipt alongside a 36-inch section of nylon rope.
1: Pharmacy sell rope?
0: I don't think that was the point.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, that threw me. That one threw me for a loop-de-loop-ample.
0: Now we're getting into surveillance.
1: I thought you were going to say cervezas, and I was mm-hmm. like, let's get into some beers. Yeah. And dumped them. They were flat. They went bad in 21.
0: Yeah. The police confiscated Gacy's vehicle along with multiple other PDM work vehicles, and two two-man surveillance teams were assigned to monitor Gacy's home around the clock as they continued the investigation. Can
1: I make a poor joke? Sure. Poor taste, in poor taste joke Mm -hmm. around the cock. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) Only a day after the surveillance teams were mobilized, investigators received a call from a man by the name of Michael Rossi who informed them of Greg Godzik's disappearance and the fact that another PDM employee, Charles Hatula, had been found drowned in an Illinois river earlier that year.
1: You said Rossi, and I almost snapped my neck looking at you because all I could think of was Rossi from Criminal Minds, and I was Uh like, what?
0: On December 15th, DePlane investigators obtained further details of Gacy's battery charge, learning the complainant, Jeffrey Rignall, had reported that Gacy had lured him into his car, then chloroformed, raped, and tortured him before dumping him with severe chest and facial burns and rectal bleeding (gasps) in Lincoln Park the following morning. In an interview with Gacy's former wife the same day, they learned of the disappearance of John Butkovich. The same day, the main West High School ring was traced to a John Allen, I'm going to butcher this, psych is how I'm going to pronounce it. it. S-Z-Y-C. Zick, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know.
1: Might be sick. Zick.
0: In an interview with John's mom, John S.'s mom. Yeah. It was discovered that several items were missing from his apartment, including a Motorola TV set.
1: I really thought you were going to say cell phone, mm-hmm. and I was like, you're a liar.
0: By December 16th, Gacy had become extremely friendly toward investigators, occasionally inviting them to join him for meals or for drinks inside his home. No.
1: He continued. This stupid
0: idiot. <laughs> he continued to deny that he had anything to do with Robert's disappearance. Happy birthday, Zach, because on December 17th, police conducted an (laughs) official- Also
1: Kenzie.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, Police conducted an official interview with Rossi, and he informed them that Gacy had sold John S.'s car to him, explaining that he had bought the car because he needed the money to move to California. With the new information, Gacy's vehicle was examined further, which led them to discover what they believed to be human hair in the trunk. This led investigators to use three trained search dogs on Gacy's vehicle to determine if Robert had been inside of any of Gacy's vehicles. One dog laid on the passenger seat in what police call a, quote, death reaction, indicating that Robert's body had been present in the vehicle. Yeah. That same evening, Gacy invited two of the detectives to a restaurant for a meal with him, and later in the early morning of December 18th, he invited them again where... The three had breakfast together, and Gacy discussed his business, his marriages, and his activities as a clown. During the conversation, Gacy proudly and boldly stated, you know, clowns can get away with murder. Later on the same day, Gacy drove to his lawyer's office to prepare a civil suit against the police department, demanding that they end the surveillance. It has been reported that by this point, Gacy had grown weary of the constant surveillance donning an unshaved beard looking extremely worn down and had taken up drinking fairly heavily. The same day, a then-17-year-old colleague of Robert at the pharmacy was tracked down by the serial number on the photo receipt that was found in Gacy's home. Byers stated that she put the receipt in the pocket of a jacket, which was also found in Gacy's home during their search, which she had worn on December 11th. She told police she put the receipt in the pocket, then handed the jacket to Piste, Robert, as he was leaving the pharmacy, claiming a contractor wanted to speak with him about a job offer. And that is the end of part two.
1: Good. I need coffee. Yeah. And a whole other pack of cigarettes at this, this point. In, like, this is
0: intense, right? You
1: remember David Tennant from the... <laughs> I can't
0: do it. Yeah. I can't do it. He's got like every <laughs> fucking finger
1: has a cigarette in it, plus one in his mouth and behind his... Head. That's Yo, me right man. now. Yes. <laughs> I am David Tennant as Russell T. Davies. I can't do it.
0: So real quick, though, because we do have a couple minutes to spare here.
1: Share your thoughts
0: Mother so far.
1: Motherfucker. I want to put my head through the cinder block wall. <laughs> I don't know who's stupider, him or the American justice system.
0: Or you for using the word stupider.
1: Boy, I will hit you <laughs> in the mouth. I will take a fly swatter to your face. I don't even own a fly swatter. I wish I did. <laughs> Leaving the door open really fucked shit up the other day. No, I don't know who is less intelligent, dumber. You happy now? Yeah. Him. Okay, there's only so far of like um what do I want to say? I have nothing to hide. So here, come and have dinner at my house and shit like that. Be being too friendly would set off red flags for me. Right. I'd be like why the why? Why are you inviting me over? Like no. There is there is a point where like now I'm suspicious because you're too friendly. Yep. Um which I agree. A- Apparently doesn't raise any red flags for anybody else. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm just going to say it. And I know I'm going to say it again at the end of episode three or maybe in the middle or probably the beginning or just every chance I get. What is wrong with the American justice system?
0: I don't know. But nothing's changed.
1: No, No. I know. I mean. Notice I didn't say what was wrong then. I'm saying across the damn board. Yeah. What in the hell? Not that there's.
0: I know, I know good cops,
1: but then there are so many stories I've heard of like just lazy detective and police work. And I'm like, I am a nobody sitting on the couch going, why aren't you thinking of, look at the car? You were in a car accident.
0: Yeah.
1: Why? My first thought was, okay, let me go look at your car, which is obviously just let me walk outside at that point. Like not even that I have to have a search warrant to go through it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All you need to do is look at it. It's say, like the TikTok oh, yeah. I sent
1: you where the guy had a picture of the, the headlight um, frame. Yeah. So, like, if, come on.
0: Well, and I, I can kind of, like, equate it to, uh, so the news that came out yesterday in Emily City, uh, I was talking to my mom about it, uh, the massage parlor. No, yeah. So, for our listeners I'm out there I'm confused as to
1: what, where this is going to well, tie, this, in. Gonna
0: tie in. It's going to tie in. Trust me. So I was talking to my mom about it. And for people who aren't from Michigan or from our area who don't know, so basically a few months back in Emily City, our hometown, a random um, new massage place opened up.
1: It literally said Asian massage parlor. It,
0: yeah, it literally said- Which is whatever. Which is whatever. I mean, that's that's a real thing. I mean, Asian massage parlors- They do good work. Like those Asian massages are really good. But we drove by and I looked at Ashley and I said, they are 100% giving tugs after the fucking rub. I know they are. No shit. The place shuts down about a month after it opens. Maybe if that. And we're like, why don't we ever see cars there? It's very weird. Yesterday, the news broke that the husband and wife had two massage parlors, one in Emily City and one in Lapeer. This is in Michigan and they had been arrested because the massage parlors were a front for prostitution and human trafficking.
1: And in-house brothels.
0: And in-house brothels. And I was talking to my mom about this, and I said, you know what's going to happen? I'm kind
1: of pissed you didn't like three-way call me into this because I wanted to hear your mom. I would... Oh, I was going to say, I would love to hear mom go off and be like, listen here, motherfucker. (laughs) She's even shorter (laughs) than me. So like, that's even more fun when she gets real riled up. She don't have a mean bone in her whole damn body. That
0: was crazy. And I texted her back and me being the very like the realistic type person that I am, not optimistic, not pessimistic, but realist. I said, (laughs) you know what's going to happen? They are going to get sentenced to five to 10 years and both of them will get out early for good behavior. A hundred percent, that is how that's probably going to go down. Mm -hmm. And she texts me back. She goes, fuck it. You're probably right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Because for some reason, murder is awful. Murder is terrible.
0: But people still get off of their sentences for that, for good behavior. Mm
1: -hmm. And Even at that, I unfortunately don't think any type of sex crimes carry a heavy enough charge i guess is what i want to say
0: right that they should
1: yeah like like realistically uh, why do we have like sex offenders repeat sex offenders at that do like three years three to ten years and then you have people that get put in there for like stupid shit
0: drug charges fucking marijuana marijuana? yes for
1: like 12 to fucking 20 years
0: yeah not anymore Because it is legal. Recreational is legal here in Michigan now.
1: Well, it really depends on where you're at, though.
0: No, the whole state is legal.
1: I'm talking about across the country.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I'm just I'm speaking for Michigan here. But yeah, no, it's it's crazy. So we will get into part three next. We will let Ashley go get coffee, probably take a pee unwind for a second i'm so high strung yeah (laughs)
1: and i am uh, not the high strung one in this relationship and i'm just sitting here bouncing can you see me just shaking with the bouncing
0: because i know you know the outline of what happens but you don't know all the details and Mm -hmm. i know you want to know now
1: and i'm pissed
0: that too so we're on page 14 of 19 so part three will be the last part of this story Um, I hope you guys are enjoying this very, very much. Again, I hope that if you enjoy the podcast, you share it with your friends.
1: What about family?
0: And family (laughs) through social media. Um, I hope you would give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. A good one? No, Ashley doesn't like bad stuff. So I'm going to say good, bad, or ugly. I don't care. Um, (laughs) And we will talk to you guys on part... That's my secret cap. You
1: are listening to the Hauntings, Homicide, and Hearsay Podcast.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh-huh, in my dentist's office.